Welcome to the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Hey there, all you future Terminites and Terminusers or whatever you want to call us. We'll just go with citizens of Terminus. Welcome to episode 80 of the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Uh, you have arrived at our weekly uh, podcast that covers everything Pantheon Rise of the Fallen to keep you and us Pantheon patient. This week, we've got the November producer's letter to break down. We've got a back and forth about Pantheon's plans for mounts. And we continue our tale of the ogres in Terminus in the Lore You Know segment. So hop in your escape pod and open the bay doors and hit that launch button and let me, Theric, and my spacefaring co-host, Desrin, provide an hour of entertainment on your descent to the planet Terminus on this week's Rewind. So Desrin, you may have noticed, detected a space theme in my intro there. Yeah. There's actually a reason for that. Um, I'm watching Foundation on uh, Apple TV right now. Um, and I've been feeling the space vibe a little bit this week and I know you're a big space fan, so figured you might enjoy that. But, um, have you, have you watched the show? Do you know about foundation? You know, I just heard about it, like not even a couple of weeks ago. It's funny you even mention it cause it's kind of on my pertinent list of, of yeah. shows to go, go into. You should watch it. It's pretty good. It's, so it's based on the the uh, novels by, obviously, a legendary uh, writer, Isaac Asimov. Um, I haven't read the novels, but um, so one of the things that I learned in watching the show, which was pretty cool, is that one of the main set pieces is a planet called Terminus. Oh, perfect. Uh, <laughs> right, right. And I mean, there's people probably listening to this right now going, yeah, of course, you know, who doesn't know that? But I didn't know that. So, of course, when it comes up on screen, you know, I'm like, oh the planet terminus and of course don't get me wrong nothing one has absolutely nothing to do with the other this is like 50 years ago he wrote these novels um so it's clearly no uh no relation but my mind i'm I'm like there's a weird multiverse you know where where this is actually our future mmo home and you know i'm I'm seeing it on the screen and i'm looking for like a spriggan to show up or something like that so that's um (laughs) (laughs) that's my that's my imaginings of the week uh, if you will but um what about you what what delusions have you been having this week to keep you busy Uh, um honestly uh this week i have in my spare time actually gone down like a similar space uh space hole or (laughs) something nice similar space hole. it's it's funny you even mentioned that i i do you know maybe secretly hope there's some uh like multiverse where like jan is actually following up the works of isaac asimov (laughs) and uh and this is his like tribute or something but uh but no absolutely there's a lot of hype going around you know with uh getting really close to testing starship for uh spacex's starship like fully and that's just going to be really monumental falcon heavy is getting set to go off again and the only reason i would ever want to like you know be in florida again would be to watch that so uh, but i'm hype i'm hype so maybe it's just a space week space month i don't know it's yeah it's in the air awesome man space week space month almost as good as shark week as we as we used to enjoy uh yeah great man that's awesome so we're speaking both of the sharks same. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of sharks yeah what what's the what's I'm, the connection oh there? i was i was trying to segue like not so smoothly into our adventuring party <laughs> oh i see okay they're sharks i got you okay yeah so 
let's let's feed the hungry sharks that are our adventuring party this week. We've got Shuriken on the Dwarf Cleric, uh, Redbeard Flynn on the Darkmer Enchanter, Jason on the Scarf Beard Lord, Daimlos on the Darkmer Enchanter, Zerg Jerk on the Dwarf Rogue, Joel Brown on the Scar Shaman, Ziplocks on the Darkmer Rogue, Sparrow the Elf Ranger, and Bounty Coat on the Human Wizard. And as you can see on the screen, the graphic, uh, that Sparrow's work again, she does an amazing job helping out with the uh, graphic for this. So thank you to everybody who uh, is joined the party and uh, we really appreciate it. It's always fun to have that uh, during the premiere and, and get the hype train going. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a good thing that we don't limit the group size to four because uh, some MMOs like to do that. <laughs> Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV. Uh, but we've got a solid group here and uh, there's always room for more. So uh, if you want to support the show, you can donate through the Super Chat here on YouTube during the premiere or through Patreon if you're checking us out on audio only. We always uh, appreciate that and have new folks are always welcome, uh, but of course, never required uh, because community is our currency. And that's uh, just hanging out with us is Aww. all we need to keep the engines firing on our voyage through space. Right, Des? Oh, that was that was so beautiful. Beautiful. I've, put there. I've really I've really got this intro thing down. I think I'm really like, <laughs> like I'm just putting it all together. today. We're so. having <laughs> themes now like this is yeah. professional. Well, you're up next week, so get your Ooh, get your thinking we'll cap on and figure out a theme. <laughs> I'm sure it'll have nothing to do with American Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, right, I'm sure. <laughs> so having said that, let's get the show on the road. This week in Visionary Realms News and Notes. Okay, so VR News and Notes, we have a lot to dig into. This was the week we got the producer's letter, so let's get right to it. We got Joppa and Tehom giving us the latest and greatest this week. And um, right off the bat, the main thing that uh, the letter starts talking about is the uh, combat update, which they, they touched on in the October uh, letter, but uh, they gave us um, a little bit more specificity this time. It was broken down into what exactly this combat update is all about. Um, and I'm gonna we're gonna take this in in three aspects. The first one is um, ability adjustments. So what they were talking about in the newsletter here is um, what they're how they're trying to get away from the really routine rotation based play uh, when it comes to limited action games or with uh, tab target games um, and moving towards and I'm gonna quote them. They said tactical decision making, teamwork, and conscientious resource management. And going on to say that they want to emphasize the costs, benefits, and risks when you use an ability, creating these, quote, inflection points. So, you know, um, there's been mention of this before because, you know, we are very notorious for getting into these standardized rotations when we play MMOs that are that are tab target, knowing what they're, you know, the, the optimal way of doing them. So, Desert, I wanted to talk about this for a minute with you because um, one of the things... I enjoy the most about MMOs and, and, and the other games really for that matter is the, the tactical use of your skills. And, um, a Drac and I were talking this week about our mutual love. We didn't know it, but we both love the modern XCOM games. And, um, <laughs> in my opinion, those are close to as one of the best tactical, uh, strategic tactical turn-based games that is out there right now. Um, and, and how to use skills in, in a really uh, smart and creative way. Um, I love it when games ask you to, you know, 
experiment, find creative ways to use your skills. And, and MMOs, I find, um, I want that level of creativity, but I, I do find it lacking sometimes. You know, it's pretty clear, like I said, what the intended ordering of your skills is, and that can be a bit of a disappointment. So I, I like what they said in the newsletter here. I like how they, they, they're focusing, focusing on giving this, taking it to the next level, finding some, some creativity and not being so sort of paint by numbers. Um, Desiree, what was your, uh, what was your take on that? Yeah, I think it's just kind of a evolution forward of the combat system, you know, kind of still riding on that same uh, vision of of what they, they want combat to really be like. And uh, this seems to be more on the character side, which is understandable, you know, that they're working on ability system, uh, systems and still building classes and stuff like that, um, you know. Uh, it seems kind of unremarkable to me, but when it comes to the rotation stuff, uh, I feel like no matter what, there's going to be a rotation, right? Like people are Mm -hmm. going to have rotations, but if you make it to the point where like you can actually mess up by doing just the same rotation, I I think to other turn-based games, you know, like Final Fantasy or, or whatever, that, you know, sometimes one strategy, like even just taking a half a second to think about what you're using will make the fight go so much better. And I th- feel like that's kind of what they're going for where, and, but I think it's more on the NPC side. So I, I really want to see the next like evolution of NPC sides of that, because they could, you know, try to make players, you know, have all these nuances with their skills. But I think until it gets to the point where, okay, this works for this mob, but then I go to this other guy and yeah. it is so unoptimal that I actually have to think for once until yeah. we get to that point. I feel like this is just yeah. more just finishing the system, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. You know, I think, I think the, the nexus here is when the enemy, the advanced enemy AI uh, meets this um, effort, meets this effort that they're trying to really get these skills out of a standardized rotation. I think that's, you're probably right. That's how it's going to happen is when it comes together with the enemy AI to create those situations or the, like they said, inflection points um, in these combat encounters. So um, that's music to my ears. I really, really like that um, update. The um, The next thing they talked about was attributes and stat adjustments. So this was in terms of itemization. And I think it was interesting because they, it was sort of like a, um, a realization on their part. Um, what they found was with the stats, uh, quote, uh, the tighter they can, the tighter we constrain those numbers while enhancing their effects, the more we can ensure loot maintains value and integrity. So they were saying that they've overhauled really this aspect in terms of trying to promote desirability in items and with non-core attributes, and that's that's the key here. So again, part of their part of the the the, the combat um, changes they're making, the um, improvements, refinements, um, is taking into account how uh, stats are affecting items and item desirability. So again, um, I do think that this is a good idea. Um, And if you're listening to this, you know, like, let me ask you, like, how many times have you found an item in an MMO, but just you dismiss it because it doesn't have your core stat attached to it, right? Like, why would I ever, you know, find a, if I find a bow that has intelligence on it, you know, and no dex, you know, like I look for dexterity. My eyes are now absolutely trained to look for dexterity because I always know that's my core stat, you know, <laughs> most of the time. Um, and I think that there's something to this and they've, 
they've they've alluded to this before. There's been talk about you know there's the joke about the the strength wizard right <laughs> being able to push their hey, fireballs that's no harder. Joke. <laughs> oh okay please explain <laughs> no i i hope that's a thing I, I i don't want that to be a joke i i'm hailing back to well everybody get ready to take a drink vanguard where uh <laughs> you know you you mouse over all your different attributes and most classes could find use for pretty much everything uh and also each attribute did like you know two three things for the most part mm -hmm. and i think that really helped kind of round out the attribute system you know of course classes still went for certain things depending on their needs but uh i i would love to see as they say like more like nuanced or or you know additional yeah. effects for certain classes to make certain stats maybe a little bit more appealing mm -hmm. uh to change maybe even change your play style kind of a thing i mean that's the right. dream is that you could branch out and try something a little bit different to make a class not be exactly the same as you know the other one in the group right right yeah that makes sense and and you, you used um i think the the correct uh, terminology there because their quote was what they want to do is they want to see uh, even more nuanced benefits and then again, quote, significant gains to the effects of buffs and debuffs that influence these stats. So, um, you know, I guess, you know, it's one of those things where they, they looked at the systems they had. They were finding that they were falling into maybe that, that um, I want to say trap, but more of the common um, tropes where you just you look for those items that only have your really your core stat and they want to try and address that ahead of time. Um mm -hmm. And it, it's interesting because, um, like you talked about, other games have done this. Vanguard is is your go-to. Um, you know, I think Final Fantasy XI sort of has the, you know, has a good reputation for hidden stats, hidden substats, nuanced effects that aren't readily apparent. And that might not be exactly the same thing, but I think the idea is there. Um, that That's what makes things interesting and makes some items more desirable if they have some yeah. of these nuanced effects. Yeah, I'm I'm uh not as much a fan of hidden stats really. I I really desperately hope that they make a lot of this user facing um because anything that draws a, a person out of game which is what's going to happen if there's like hidden stats and and mechanics and stuff like this the the less immersive, the less in the world they are. And so, hmm. you know, if they if they take the route of adding like these, you know, neat special effects, I just hope that they put them on the items to some degree uh hmm. so that you don't constantly have to not know what it does and then leave the game to find out, you know. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. I don't know. I I, I think I I think I don't necessarily agree with that a hundred percent or that that maybe that's not the effect it would have on me necessarily but i can appreciate what you're saying in, in terms of um you know keeping it in the game um in some in some way shape or form um they talked about class identity with regard to these combat um adjustments combat changes um and, and this was more of general but they um they said basically they're refining some of the class skills and even removing some of them to better differentiate the classes and the example they gave um, was removing some of the wizards' um, debuff spells because um, even or the ones that they do have, making them so they don't 
land as reliably as the enchanters. So this just seems like a common sense thing. I, you know, I guess it's one of those things where, you know, you you sort of give them, give them everything to start and then start removing and, and shaping it as time goes on, um, removing some of the overlap between the class skills. Um, probably something that is as a result of PA testing and something I would say, you know, future PA testers out there should be mindful of um, in, in any upcoming test or alpha or beta tests or anything like that, because this is where we're going to feel class identity a little more. Yeah, absolutely. And, th- and this is, you know, one of my uh, passion pieces of the project is the emphasis on class identity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the more spread of different things that one class or one player, you know, of course, can do, the the kind of less group-centric it is. And yeah. so I imagine, you know, if, if your wizard has a fire debuff and a fire spells, it's just so obvious, you know, that mm-hmm. it, it, it kind of takes away a bit. Whereas if, you know, another class had a great fire debuff, and grouped with a wizard, they would know, hey, this will actually super help the overall experience. Um, I don't know if that's the approach they're taking. And of course, I'm not saying that classes should never have debuffs that help themselves. But um, in, right. in, in this particular example, you could see has like maybe they have ice debuffs because they've kind of stated ice is maybe more of the solo helpful kind mm-hmm. of side um yep. and that would make sense because that's something you can have on like your own like solo setup but when it comes to like the big big damage like unleashing all of your potential um i think that should be more like group centric or i would even say group reliant you know to really release yeah. everything your class has to offer I feel like you need other people yeah. Yeah. I just like the idea of them, you know, sort of trimming, pruning, you know, um, just continually shaping the, um, the class identity. I think, I think over time you can really, they can, they can really hone that down to a, to a fine point where each class really feels it. And, um, I think that's a good thing. I think that's in line with everything that we want, you know, with the tenets and everything that, uh, the community is interested in, yeah, in this game. And- and this is the time to do it too, like taking away spells, right? Like yeah. it's not something not later. you want to do, do in it like now. beta, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, like let's let's switch it up. <laughs> let's switch yeah. it up right now <laughs> before before everybody can complain about it. <laughs> yeah, don't want them to get too attached yet. Yeah, yeah. and then um, so those are the those are the the sort of the combat um, uh, st- combat uh, update that they they broke down. So. Um, if you want to know more, you can go check out the newsletter. But the big ticket item from this producer's letter is with regard to difficulty adjustments. Again, one of those core tenets Ooh. with regard to challenge. Uh-huh. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll set the stage here. I'm going to give you a quote to set the stage for this piece because what VR said was, quote, they're updating how player level influences player power, end quote. Um they noted that their prior formula with this was, again, quote, incompatible with their goals for rarer, more iconic itemization, and that players felt inadequate um, if they hadn't been lucky enough to acquire certain upgrades. So the change that they've made, and according to the way I read it in the newsletter, is that players and enemies alike now receive power, bon- uh, power base power increases when they gain levels. 
um, you know, with this change and um, the attribute change to items I meant we just talked about, um, they feel players are going to be able to better meet the challenges of the world is the way that they put it. So, um, and then the last thing they say about this, it gives them um, a better design for incentivizing group play. And they said players, quote, should feel the world around, um, feel the world and their options expand as they grow. So, you know, this is this is a feedback item, obviously, that um, comes from playtesting, comes from numbers, comes from player experience uh, being, you know, provided to them. And I'm going to, I'm, my first reaction when I read this was a little bit, uh, took me aback a little bit. I don't know about you, Des, but I was a little bit hesitant because there was, it wasn't exactly clear when they talked about player and the key here is being enemies receiving power base increases as their level are gained, levels are gained. And I have this, you know, scary thought of level scaling in my head now where they're not talking about level mm. scaling here unless I'm completely misreading this. Um, but I don't think that's what they're talking about because they're not saying like the mobs level being relative to yours. I, you know, they're talking more about just their, their static level being increased based on their stats being more affected by their level, but it's a pretty big change in all honesty, because they're, they've always mentioned how they want to keep their numbers smaller, right? The more smaller, more impactful numbers, um, sacred is their numbers guy. Um, and he's been amazing from everything we've learned and when we've talked to him when he's been featured in their dev streams um he is a truly um gifted when it comes to this kind of implementation and i tend to trust his judgment with this but what was your what was your reaction when you read this desert i'm curious because i think this is very much in your wheelhouse you know i i kind of had a bit of a, a gut reaction as well um though i didn't tie it to level scaling um, I more was just thinking a, a static increase to overall power per player or NPC level. And because I'm coupling this along with, you know, the idea that we like probably get stats, you know, every level or every so levels or however, you know, they want to do that. Right. That's um, the way I'm seeing it for sure. Yeah. Well, so those are the choices that we have, right? But this seems like an overall power increase. And my gut reaction is, I don't know. Because uh, yeah. we are getting a power increase through the, you know, the stats we can assign. And so, well, I, I definitely trust, you know, their judgment, you know, to make it feel good. I feel like that, like, general power increase, unless it's, like, really minor, I'm usually not super for because then it means, you know, you could potentially be like no gear on and, you know, a low, low level mobs are just like still no, right. uh, no uh, match for you at all. Um, even without all of your stuff. And I, I really like the idea that any benefits or weaknesses that our characters have are of our own doing. Yeah. And so, knowing that my character is just going to innately get powerful as I level in addition to getting gear, you know, mm -hmm. putting my own stats in, I just feel like yeah. it's taking a little bit away. So I, I'm a little bit hesitant to be all in on this, although mm -hmm. I do trust sacred. I, you know, I do trust the balance uh, folks working on balance. I just, yeah. you know, initial reaction was a little, huh? 
Yeah, I know. And that's, that's the thing too. And, you know, it depends on how it's implemented. It depends on how, how those stats are distributed, you know, what kind of agency you have in, in that, in that process. Whenever you're talking about, um, you know, power increases and, and, uh, challenge level balancing challenge level overall, like that's why I said, this is a big change and this is potentially something that, um, is going to require again, quite a bit of, um, feedback for them. Um, you know, again, like you said, with, um, class identity and skills, better to do this change now and see how it resonates, see how it feels and, um, and go from there. But, um, I do think it's interesting, right? I do think that they're, they saw a need to make players feel they can push further out into the world. You know, I think that's the, one of the keys, uh, the key takeaways here that I hear. So, you know, and, and that's, but they really want players to adventure. They want players to explore and, and, you know, push their boundaries a little bit. We'll talk about this a little later, but with regard to um, the death penalty, but, you know, being wary of that, but also being like, you know, not being completely intimidated to not try to explore. So yeah. I guess, you know, I guess wait and see, but um, interesting nonetheless. Yeah. So let's let's uh, update the roadmap to Alpha again. This is our uh, this is their their tracker to show people what stage certain aspects in development are towards um, hitting their Alpha goal. Um, and um, so, what's been updated this month? There uh, there was quite a bit of stuff. Some of it was a little um, mundane. Some of it we talked about already, actually. So I don't want to rehash that. So I'll just pick on a couple things here. Um, the zones, they uh, said work on the gate has begun. And you'll recall that that was a high level dungeon in Wild's End that they showed a couple uh, streams ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that's fun. And um, I think Black, Ro- Black Rose Keep <laughs> got uh, updated to 75% completed. If I'm remembering correctly, it was at 50% the last time we saw it. Um, they said coasts and seafloor also at 75% in terms of, so this is in terms of conversion from gray box to sculpted terrain, right. uh, like we saw in that video. So, um, so making progress there <clears throat> and this other one kind of made me laugh. Uh, this was animations. They said completed, and this is quote humanoid hovering animations when wielding weapons. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, do you have a theory on this? It sounds like a matrix thing to me. No, I, Maybe. I know. I think I know what they mean, but like uh, what it inspires is like the, like the sibling that's like standing inside of the door to your room and you're, and they're like, I'm not in your room. <laughs> but, yeah, I know. Well, right? what like, they, like, I think what they mean is like idle animations, I believe. <laughs> But uh, hovering Maybe. animations, it, they, they, you know, they used a different word and I, I don't know. Maybe they mean idle. Maybe they mean something else, but. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's, maybe it's gnomes. It's always gnomes, right? It's always gnomes. Something always to do with gnomes. them. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the, um, that was the roadmap to alpha updates. Um, there's, like I said, there's more of them, so you can go read those as well. But um, again, the, it's a good tracker. Uh, the AMA, um, this is, so their dev stream was the Ask Me Anything, and we talked about this last week, but um, I got to give myself a little 
little pat on the back here because <laughs> I suggested during the stream that maybe they could take some of the questions that weren't answered, be part of the producer's letter. And guess what? It's exactly what they did. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, minus you're welcome. I'm happy to help out anytime you need advice on how to help you uh, come up with content. So if you had a question during the AMA stream that didn't get answered, um, go over to the official forums because that's where they're posted. Um, there's tons of good ones. We're not going to get into all of them here, but Desert, I know you have some that you want to go over. So why don't you uh, why don't you hit some highlights here? Sure. And I mean, I gotta really commend the the effort here. Like this is totally above and beyond, completely unexpected, but so welcome. Like, yeah, I, absolutely. I feel like Minus probably was a champion of this. You know, being you know directly from the community on the content side, like. This was just really great. And I mean, I, I hope it didn't take too much of the guy's time to, you know, catch up on this because we got answers from tons of the team. It, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, it's awesome. Um, as far as the answers, you know, we not really a lot of like new stuff, honestly, um, but a lot of, you know, answers that people apparently had questions for. And so there's a ton there, but the two I picked out, I'll real quick go over this, was uh, one was from Archbishop um, asking if surnames would be unlockable at later levels, which, you know, uh, I I don't really think about surnames too much as being like a highlight <laughs> feature, but thinking about them unlocking actually was kind of a big deal in like EQ2 um, mm-hmm. early days because you get it at level 20. You don't start with surname, so you see someone running around with one name and you already mm-hmm. kind of know that they're below level 20. It was uh, a big deal in, in EQ1. It was a huge right. deal in EQ1. And I was definitely looking forward to my last name in EQ1. Right. It specifically was important for me in uh, EQ2 because level 20 was also, or, you know, originally, um, yeah. where you finally got into your subclass. And so you kind of got this, like, you got your last name, you got your, you know, final class. And it kind of felt like a little sense of arrival, you know, like... Yeah. It's kind of silly, but just those things culminating together, it seemed like you suddenly became legit, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're not but, now uh, legit. You're an official citizen of the world with a last name. Right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Joppa, you know, directly answer this. We're definitely fans of unlocking surnames as a mean of prestige. So, I mean, that's not a saying it will, you know, to be clear, yeah. but um, I, I love that they're fans of that. Now, the other one um, is uh, a little more uh drawn out but you know worth mentioning anyway um this was from uh Maravik Vralt uh asking how many quests we would see knowing that Pantheon isn't for like the wow style progression through questing um Joppa gave a surprisingly distilled answer uh that I really liked because it drills on a few few things that I find really important. I mean, the quest design of this game is a major deal for me. Like, I don't want to go through the, mm. the wild crest grind again, you know? like it just, <laughs> I think it's a big deal for everyone, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, so quoting Joppa here, um, a significant amount of game content will be centered around tasks, big T, perilous tasks, and storylines. We approach tasks as the more mundane jobs that an NPC, NPC might ask you to do for them if you inquire. These could result in a bit of coin, a small amount of experience, an item reward, a means of increasing your reputation, or any combination of the above. Perilous tasks represent more dangerous quests 
that will usually require more than one player to band together in order to succeed. With perilous tasks, the potential rewards will definitely be, oh my goodness, commensurate with the risk. <laughs> you know, when, when I read this in practice, I, I said that with no problem. Uh, and I was like, oh man, I'm such a pro. But, oh, you still did pretty well. I probably would have screwed it up. <laughs> I, know, I know Minus would have screwed it up. <laughs> you no. did a good job. <laughs> but, uh, and finally, storylines are unique to the perception system and will be a primary means through which players will progress as keepers and unlock the vast lore of Terminus. An important thing to emphasize when talking about Pantheon's specific vision towards questing is that we are committed to creating a non-linear experience giving the player a deep sense of sovereignty in how they approach this sphere of content. Now, I mean, I, I got to shout this out again, because I love the, that they're splitting this out into tasks, right? Like mm -hmm. tasks, yeah. perilous tasks, storylines, because it always makes me think of this like Twitter post that Crow Singer had a while back mm -hmm. of like, why are these called quests? This is not a quest, you know? <laughs> um, but uh, one of the kind of pinpoint things I saw in here was he did mention a small amount of experience for tasks. So right, yeah, yeah. I mean that this is a really good post. There's there's a lot of information here, and actually, you know, I hadn't actually read through this completely in, in all the detail before you just read it now, and it's very interesting. Um, I actually had a question in during the AMA that um, Redbeard Flynn had asked me to put out there because he couldn't attend, and it was basically this: like, how much should we expect? in terms of experience gain to get from questing or is it going to be more grinding focused you know like what's the balance going to be there and um, are we going to be leveling from questing so this actually answers that quite well um the you know i always look at it this way this is the way i see it is that the storylines are primary like they're the main thing they're the big show that's what we're here for right and i see these other things as sort of being like you know so, sort of the, the pregame, the warm-up show, the warm-up <laughs> act, you know what I mean? I look at them very much as standard. You know, like we, we've done this in, in a lot of MMOs, these these types of tasks and, and perilous tasks where you've got quests separated into solo and group quests, right? Pretty much, so yeah. I, I kind of see them as being, so, you know, and I'm not like against it. I'm not, like it's, I'm fine with it, but I'm here for the, I'm here for the storylines. I don't, I don't yeah. really, you know, that other stuff is kind of like, not that exciting yeah i i will say like all of this sounds great except for the xp for the regular tasks because when i see tasks like that and he even you know basically mentions yeah. that that's like the tip you know what we typically think of as like mmo quests you know so i'm thinking you know kill eight whatevers and collect their what was yeah the, what was the uh uh oh man we had <laughs> a funny pelts. Yeah, Bat wings, bear asses, right? What's that? Oh, the, the bear asses. Are yeah. they going to say stingers? Because that was last week, I think. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I've, I've moved on. No more, no more wasps. <laughs> no more talk. stingers. But uh, and I think if that gives any XP, I'm going to feel obligated to grab those like all the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, and that's something we've mentioned before as being so, one of those things where you can't pass up any opportunity for experience, even if you don't like to do it. And like, so I guess yeah, I mean that, that that's kind of a. Uh, especially kind of in a, a game uh, where progression is slow though like it, yeah. that's the thing for me is like if there's any more or less free experience to be had it's probably going to be had so uh, again I'm, my mind is open I, I have a good amount of trust but seeing those words 
I was like, like yeah. Oh, well, we'll wait and see. Maybe we'll yeah. um, maybe we'll get a better sense of how it uh, actually shows up when the time comes. But I'm really glad you brought that question forward. That was a great, great question to get answered, and um, I certainly think it's valuable. Uh, again, everybody, go over to the forums, the official forums, and you can find all the answers for the for all the questions that were asked during the AMA stream. If you didn't uh, catch it live, uh, so. Um, yeah, so other news, uh, just to finish up our Vera news and notes, um, they created a new podcast called Parting the Veil. And this is where Minus and Joppa, uh, in this one, episode one, they talked about Panthe- Pantheon's reputation as a niche or niche endgame <laughs> in the MMO space. And yeah, we'll get into that. But um, <clears throat> after you listen to it, Drac and I actually did a breakdown of it. So I don't want to rehash it all here. But we did a, a new video called Theric and Drac React. Um, where we sort of hit our highlights from it. So go check that out. Um, And then last but not least from the newsletter, uh, they highlighted community member and friend of the show, Bronson, whose artwork is on screen right now. And you should be seeing it. We actually got a little bit more from Bronson. So we've got some more uh, to show you this week, which is awesome. Uh, He is an amazing artist. We're certainly lucky to have him in the community. Um, Bronson and I are are kind of have a, a... kindred spirit because we're both um have a love for the old point and click adventure games back from the days of uh, the big box pc games um we both come from that sort of era of time when we were in our heyday back then (laughs) so i've had the pleasure of chatting with him quite a bit about that and i feel uh, i feel a bit of like i said kinship with him um plus uh, we're both old so you know <laughs> just sort of <laughs> wait, wait uh, like you, i i'm surprised you didn't read the the line that you had here because what did the, I, what did I have? you have i think we're of the same vintage <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah i did say that you're right you, you definitely condensed that a little bit but i i have to i have to rat you out for that because that's just a good yeah. line saying you're of the same vintage as somebody even makes it worse that makes you feel way older like that's like i'm like some sort of like wine connoisseur with like a wine cellar and like not to you know not the wine connoisseurs are all old people but like i don't know for me in my mind that just makes me feel way older so i edited it out <laughs> anyway go read up about uh bronson's journey from gamer to creator on the uh, newsletter and uh, check that out so um, that's it for VR News and Notes, but the Pantheon Plus update this week, um, we are uh, we have our calendar. You should be seeing it on the screen right now, I'm hoping, because I didn't have it at the time we're recording, so I'm hoping I get it before I put the video together for this, but um, there should be some content coming. Um, one of the things I know that has already gone up is uh, Drac's top five money-making schemes in MMOs. So I had no idea Drac was such a uh, maven of MMO finance, and now I must take advantage of him. So he's listed out his top five money-making schemes from every MMO he's ever played, and it's a pretty hilarious read, so go check it out. Also got Crow, uh, Crow Singer with some new fan fiction, as you mentioned, Des. Um, she's a great writer, articles, and fan fiction. Uh, Wizen has some fan fiction up there uh, this week, so again, go over to Pantheon.plus to read all about it. And that's it for this week's news and notes. When the Pantheon community speaks, we listen. So let's dig into the forums and fan projects to see what the discussion's all about. This week's community discussion comes from the one and only Goofy Warrior Guy on the official forums. Uh, and you can you guess? <laughs> it's about the bean that dropped a drop during the Parting the Veil podcast. Um, yep. And if you haven't seen that yet and you don't know what I'm talking about, it's it's it has to do with mounts, so I'll brace yourselves here. So, but <laughs> first off, huge props to Goofy Warrior Guy for the formatting of this post. It is beautiful. 
It makes me happy. Uh, not only does he text quote Joppa in the main post, but even adds a link to a time-stamped video for the quote. Gotta like, love that. Oh my god! So yes, yeah, so, sorry, a little fanboying here, but like, <laughs> make it, it life easy. Oh, it tickles me so much when people like format their stuff so nicely and you know <laughs> reference. Oh my goodness, you're you're a champion. <laughs> Champion. A warm, fuzzy feeling. <laughs> anyway, the quote from Joppa, uh, and again, this is from the Parting the Veil podcast. Um, and the quote goes like this When we are able to unveil what we're hoping and planning to set up as a free mounting system where you're able to, through a particular writing skill and perhaps items, be able to mount certain creatures in the world freely and ride them for a period of time. Ooh. Oof. So as That's Goofy, yeah, <laughs> big, right? As Goofy <laughs> Warrior uh, guy points out, I should just start calling him GWG uh, or something. Yeah, GWG, there you go. Uh, there are some kind of key words in that you know, quote, like yeah. hoping and planning and perhaps, yeah. uh, which are always good to kind of keep in mind. But uh, the drop was still quite a surprise to a lot of folks. Um, especially in how it was described. So uh, Goofy Warrior Guy's thoughts were that it would be some kind of like taxi system where the mounts have like set routes that could potentially take you to places that you wouldn't otherwise be able to get to or just across an area quickly. Um, of course, it could just be a temporary like speedy way to traverse around freely as well. Um, but with the little bit that we have here, what are your first thoughts there? Like, where does your mind wander when you hear this pin drop? <laughs> well, my my mind wanders to um, I don't know about this. I'm I'm a little bit I'm a little bit um, hesitant to say that I think it's a good idea because I again I'm always being mindful of does it impact anybody's class abilities? Does it impact interdependence on other players in any way? Again, I know VR, VR is mindful of this. They're, they're, this is not something they've just like, oh yeah, we forgot about that. <laughs> you know, like of course they're mindful of that. Um, uh, I don't know. I I feel like I would be challenged. I'd want to do. I'd, I feel like I'd want to participate in it. I'd want to find mounts and and level up any skills and find items that could help with this kind of thing. Hmm. Um, I'd like to see how they do it, and I'd like to see how prolific it is. I guess that's what I'm. I guess that was if I had to boil it down to a certain point, like how much of this is there going to be? Is this fairly like a one, you know, one area, like once a zone, there's only one place where you can actually do this or is this multiple points? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. I'm interested. Uh, I'm interested. If, oh, it, it's definitely an interesting uh, concept, especially in its vagueness. Right. But mm -hmm. <laughs> for, for me, um, and I, I don't want to talk too much about the podcast itself, but it, it makes me think, directly to a point that Joppa was trying to make in that they're setting out to make an adventure game. And I think that harkens back to, you know, old adventure games from, you know, kind of the classic, uh, a lot of our like growing up era. Right. And mm -hmm. first thing I think of is it's like, you know, Zelda, Mario, like Spyro mm -hmm. or any of like the classic kind of adventure experiences that, had temporary mount mechanics for one reason or another. I, I I love I love thinking about it because a lot of times these games 
they gave kind of like an additional purpose to the mounts. So they weren't just for like going fast. They're more for like specific puzzles or like a yeah, special traversal. And I think that's kind of what Goofy Warrior Guy is getting at. And I think I I like it. I I think it actually does add to the adventure side, especially if it's, you know, shored up. Like it's not just, oh, I can just ride this all around the zone and it's like, you know, pretty yeah. fast and and all that. I feel like that's way too one-sided and it would negatively affect the game quite a bit. But if, you know, there was a area that had some you know, fun, like glider creatures that you see, like, you know, running around and then you get to a certain point in the game where you can like call upon those mm-hmm. to like come swoop and pick you up and take you to a place that you've never been able to get to, uh, normally in the past. Mm-hmm. That sounds kind of like yeah. that puts me in the world. You know, it, it kind of puts me in the world, especially if it's an option and not a requirement. Like, unless it's like some mm-hmm. really, really important, you know, thing. But if it mm-hmm. was something where like you could get your climbing skill really, really, really high, or you could spend your time learning to befriend animals or however it works out so that the, you know, rock crawler or some sort of creature <laughs> is willing to, you know, pick you up, take you up the, uh, take you up the wall. And as long as the equivalent investment is the same in both systems. I think it mm-hmm. would be a really cool, like option, you know, like you got like one guy with his pick and, you know, climbing picks going up the wall, you know, that's what he's focused on. <laughs> and then, you know, the other, the other person's like <laughs> crawling sort along of, on a, like spider or something. Somebody know. just zooms by you on this rock crawling creature of some sort. Hey, if they earned it, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's what I was going to say is how do you earn it? Like what, what's the investment here? Like, what do I have to do to, to get this? You know, um, is there, is there something that, that's asked of me or is this just a finding something and, um, you know, I find it once and then I can use it every time. Um, yeah. there's a, there's a little bit of a Guild Wars two does this a little bit, um, where they've got the creatures that, um, you have different types of mounts in, in Guild Wars two. Um, and a lot of them are required for certain areas, to get to certain places, like there's, Mm -hmm. um, you know, some of the points of interest, you require a certain mount to get there. Um, so they do that a little bit and it's, 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 it's not really all that great to be honest with you. I, I've never really, I didn't enjoy it that much. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, again, like as long as it's not taking the place of a rogue throwing down their rope or a druid creating a bridge or a summoner creating a raft, right? Like, yes, don't take the place of that because that's, that's a problem. Yeah. You know? If I could condense it down, I would say as, if, if it's controlled and it's just an option, not an uh, like a only way to do the thing, um, I could see it as being a nice uh, puzzle-like piece rather than, yeah. you know, y- you need to do this. Um, yeah. It also gives you another, like, if there's some sort of itemization attached to it where you're looking, you have to find the the golden rains, oh, yeah. you know, they're, they're a rare drop in, in Halner cave and you have to find them to be able to, you know, mount the stag in Fairthale forest. Like, Oh yeah, that's totally. Cool. Or even if I they're like no that. rent items, right. You know, like, uh, like a flute or something that, you know, you can call it a certain place that yeah. will, you know, <laughs> they will come and pick you up and, 
and then drop you off and it expends the flute or something like that starts to create a lot of possibility. Uh, and especially if, you know, you get some item that you're like, oh man, like what, what could this yeah. be for? Where could this potentially take me? You know, that kind of actually gets interesting. Sure. Anyway, let's get some uh, responses here. Yeah. So we'll start with Ixar. Um, Ixar adds that it really likes the idea of mounts not uh, just appearing underneath you, as we've kind of gotten used to, uh, that you would have to seek one out. That's a uh, great, great point. Not just summoning it from your inventory and all of a sudden you're mounted you're riding like, around. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. You know, whatever, <laughs> exactly. you know, if they have a particle effect or, or no, none at all, you're just like, suddenly there's a thing under my legs. <laughs> yeah. Where um, did this come from? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, yeah, I'm definitely with them on that. I do like the whole, like, you have to seek one out. Like the, the seeking would actually mm -hmm. be the fun part, I think, for me. Sure. Um, Agreed. If this Agreed. was in. Now, let's let's get to <laughs> let's get to this. So Vandrad mm. is not so excited <laughs> about the, the mounts. Um, Shocking. Yeah. And uh <laughs> actually, you know, LaFail and Kalindil as well, like not super happy to be hearing about mounts. And I, I will say, you know, LaFail kind of relents a little bit, you know, later in the thread, but there's mm. definitely a decent split of people that really shy away from the mounts idea. And I think I get it. Like I, I do too. I do. I totally get it. I totally, totally get it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm definitely like the kind of person that like when they put rift stones and the, the, um, the really cheap flying mounts that you could rent for 15 minutes in Vanguard, like that mm. absolutely like destroyed the world for me. Um, yeah. so, well, you've I talked about it. a lot about how the, one of the best quests in Vanguard was to get the, yeah, um, was to get the Griffin, the Griffin, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that was just immediately like, nah, so much for that. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but then we'll get to uh counter flesh here. Um, adding that it'd be nice to be able to specialize in certain creature types for these temporary amounts, uh, perhaps increasing the duration as you gain skill. Uh, they also point out a potential problem, which would be like limited availability. Though they're temporary, it could lead to areas being void of a certain creature as players ha have their romp. So this would be in the kind of case where it's more of like a taming thing, like a temporary tame. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And you could imagine going into a place that usually has like a bunch of, I don't know, elk or something. And suddenly mm -hmm. there are, are no elk because like... <laughs> everyone's running around on their temporary elks you know yeah i like that though i think that's a good thing i would i don't see that as a negative i see that as being you know what there's no elks here because people this is useful and people are are engaging with it so i gotta go find a panther to ride on like i gotta go somewhere okay, else like, okay limited supply create that demand create that tension it does create that's... some dynamism in the world does yes it, it makes yeah. me think back and and hopefully some people have heard of this before but um, there was a, uh, when they were developing Ultima Online, they created this ecosystem uh, kind of system where, you know, there was predators and prey and, and all this stuff. And they realized right. that they literally couldn't put that in the game because players would just throw the balance off so bad. Um, <laughs> but that's what it made me think of, though. I it's remember like, that. <laughs> like, You're right. Uh, yeah. They, you, you don't, you don't foresee these interactions. But sometimes, you know, they're good and sometimes they're not so great. But uh, yeah, that's a great example. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. But I mean, I again, you know, we're looking at temporary, limited availability. You know, we're trying to shore this in. 
which I think is a common theme with even the people that want to see this is that like, it needs to be very restricted. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think so. Jothany e posts here and I think this mirrors more or less where I'm at. And uh, Jothany e says, uh, I'll wait for more information before making a judgment call, but it could be an interesting bit of gameplay as long as they don't simply make them a reliable form of long distance travel. Um, at least not at release. I think that sums yeah. it up pretty much for me. Yeah, I mean, like we didn't even talk about this. Drac and I didn't even mention this in our uh, reaction video to the to the parting the veil because it was so vague and so like uh, it wasn't really attached to the main theme of episode one. So we knew it was there, and we were both you know we both heard it, but we just didn't talk about it because it's just again like they you like they said in the initial post. Um, Goofy warrior guy, Goofy warrior guy said you know there are definitely some qualifiers here that they're thinking about, yeah. they want to, they're hoping you know that kind of thing. So. Um, fun to speculate on, but we don't really know anything. Right. And, and yeah, this is a lot of extrapolation, but this is, I would think something that they would want to have their eyes on because the way that Joppa described it in the, uh, podcast was kind of fresh, at least to me, it wasn't yeah. just like, oh, we're thinking about maybe putting mounts in. No, it was like, we're looking into, to a kind of like, you know, free mounting, you know, <laughs> Like mm -hmm. the way you described it aligned with that adventure like mindset that I was <laughs> thinking. So, um, and like, lastly, uh, because a lot of folks are like, you know, mounts bad. Um, XR and Gentoki 88 here point out that mounts have been in the cards for a long time. Um, they even yep. denote back to the Kickstarter. And mm -hmm. I think uh, mounts being a huge deal in games like Vanguard were probably a big deal um, for for Brad, but I think he probably had an idea of how to hone that in. Um, yeah. And so while mounts might have been around for a while, you know, in, as an uh, Amoebus idea, I kind of like them at least considering how to make it fresh and, you know, hopefully restricted. <laughs> Well, it's like, it's like you said, the way Droppa described it, he didn't just say, he could have said, oh, and by the way, we're, we're thinking of having mounts in Pantheon, but he didn't say it like that. He <laughs> said it like, we're having a uh, free uh, taming, free riding mounting system, <laughs> yeah. like, very much from a designer aspect. So, you know, it's again, they're not just plonking in mounts because they've been done in other games. Like you got to trust the team to not, you know, to not do it in a, in a way that is um been done a million times before and do it in a smart way like you said evolving it um taking brad's vision for it and uh implementing it in a way that um doesn't damage the game doesn't damage the the, the goals of of pantheon yeah i think that's actually a really good note in that if they put this in i have pretty high confidence that it would definitely be an evolution in the genre that like we really haven't had there's there is no mount evolution yeah. really <laughs> like <laughs> well and if you're listening to this and you're if you're thinking to yourself well if they put mounts in then we're gonna get flying mounts i'm here to tell you Joppa no. has been 100 percent clear as long as he is a member of the team they pantheon will not have flying mounts yeah written 100%. on his grave man like yeah he's, he's kind he of tattooed on his forehead on or something i don't know <laughs> 
<laughs> Joppa, no flying mounts, Perkins. That's right. He's got it like on his knuckles, you know, like one letter on each knuckle, no flying mounts. No fly. Mounts. <laughs> That's what's <laughs> no fly five zone. letters there, no fly. Um, there you go. So uh, anyway, th- you know, there's actually a ton more responses already. Big topic. Throw your ideas in there. I mean, this could roll somewhere. And the more ideas, the better. Uh, check it out conveniently, you know, in the show notes. Um, but, uh, we should probably move on. Uh, oh, before actually we get to the, everyone's favorite part of the show. Um, <laughs> we did have another introduction, uh, kind of inter- introduction. So this is another returning person, uh, named Thunderstump. Uh, and they check in, in the introduce yourself sub forum on the official forums to say that they've been lurking a while. And like many, they're looking for a new home sans EverQuest. So I mean, we've heard this a lot. I love seeing a lot of like lurkers poking their heads back in, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, oh, mm-hmm. what's going on here? You know, like, yeah, I love it. They even noted, you know, they've seen a lot of positive like community interaction and stuff like that. So proud of, uh, mm-hmm. proud of everyone for that. But definitely welcome, Thunderstump. Um, yeah, and, welcome. Yeah. And uh, feel free to throw your own welcomes and, uh, and chat it up. Uh, his, um, post there so that is it for this week's community discussions sit back and relax it's time for the lore you know so the phrase of the week last week for this for this segment was my foe dies or we both do that was the ogre mantra and I think that resonated with a lot of people when we heard, we started our journey to the ogre lore <laughs> last week, um, because today we're going to continue that. We're actually going to finish off the, um, well, I say finish. There's one more piece I have in mind for next week, but I'm going to keep that as a bit of a surprise for now to do with the ogres. Um, but uh, today is the final part of their main lore on the website. So let's get right to it and listen to the uh, current state of the ogres on Terminus. When cast upon the naked land of Terminus, the frail bounds between the clans ruptured in haste. After eons of forced restraint, total war arrived. This scale of this conflict would have consumed the race had not a dark messiah risen from the chaos. Rothak clan lord of the Black Moon tribe, took his tribe to a mountain ridge far to the south, claiming it called his name. Into this haunt he trekked alone, with the tome of the Black Moon, whispering that the secrets of the ruins could be opened therein. Missing for weeks, as the red ogres of Dark Sun assaulted the last of his men, Rothak emerged from the mists and shadows forever changed. With the powers of an unlocked tome, Rothak declared himself the Black Moon King, making an unprecedented claim as lord over all seven clans. In a ruthless campaign, he validated this title, slaying the six rival clan lords with his own hand. All opposition collapsed beneath the surging tide of the Black Moon, each tome taken in turn. In victorious froth, the king desecrated a sacred shrine of ancient Terminus, an ominous statue of a departed rainborn dragon. This monolith stood as a reminder of the latent authority of the planet, that of the bloodline of the Dragon King himself. Yet in one fearless stroke, the Black Moon King tore off the beast's jaw, casting the hulk at his feet 
breaking its maw. In a display of gross mockery, the king set his throne inside the mouth of the disfigured regent. From that seat, he unleashed the unified ogre host upon the continent of Rainfall, though his ravenous eye cast out across the whole of the world. Yet this era of conquest was not to endure. The king was increasingly afflicted by the very powers he used to terrorize his foes. With muttering throat and eyes that never closed to sleep, observers believed the dark curse of the breached tomes wreaked a greater claim upon the king with each victory. When the ceaseless whispers wreaked too great a madness upon him, the undefeated king abdicated his throne and vanished. Leaderless, the ogres were unable to hold on to their blood-soaked gains. Against defeats, rivalry, and betrayal, their fabled instincts seemed to have fled with their king and his books. When the revenant forces fell upon Broken Maw, the reeling nation sought shelter in the burning sanctum, themselves devastated like any common race. In this current frail age, the ogres are pitched in battle again. Their bitter rivalry with the hounds of Wasche smolders afresh, requiring warriors born of the race's native ferocity, leaders who can unify the fractured host. Yet beneath those aims burns the reclamation of the tomes of war, a birthright stolen by their own native hand. And that's the lore you know. So uh, that was fun. Um, I really enjoyed doing that. And that <laughs> one, I have to say, I recorded. Um, I'm very happy with how that one turned out. I uh, The secret to recording those, I, th- I think I've told you this, Desert, is first right, thing in the morning. Morning. <laughs> morning have I have definitely have morning, really morning voice. voice for this kind of stuff. Afternoon, evening, not so much, but definitely for the morning. So, uh, yeah. So that um, brings us to the end of episode 80. Uh, Desrin, you are a a gentleman and a scholar, and I salute you, my friend, for joining me every week. And thank you so much, as always. Salute. (laughs) Salute, yes. And thank you to everyone else for hanging out with us today. Um, If you would be so kind as to always leave a like on the video, subscribe if you're not already, turn on notifications on our YouTube channel if you wouldn't mind. Um, And then on your podcast platform, if that's how you take the show, then go and leave a review, writing, whatever, stars, whatever metric your podcast platform utilizes. Um, Check that out and do that. Helps the show get discovered for new community members and uh, helps us do lots of fun stuff. So having said that, hope everyone has a great week and we will see you next time. Bye-bye all. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Pantheon Plus is not affiliated with Visionary Realms. Be sure to check out our Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube channels under the name Pantheon Plus. You can follow Theric at Pantheon Theric on Twitter, and Desrin at Desrin Does also on Twitter. And you can stay up to date with all things Pantheon at www.pantheon.plus. Until next time, cheers, and thanks for listening.